Welcome back, fam. You're listening to That One Sports Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mitch Wilson. He is Chris Hale. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we just want to say that we appreciate those of you who are following us and subscribing. We're growing each and every week. So those who are listening and subscribing, we truly appreciate you. And we're so glad that you are on this journey with us. So my brother Chris, what we got today, man? Oh, baby, on this Easter Sunday, when the Lord has risen. (laughs) <laughs> that one sports cast is rising again, baby. So what we got today, we got some OBJ breaking news. Breaking news, we're going to talk about how that affects Lamar and the Ravens. And really, with their signing, is that kind of an indication that Lamar is probably going to stay. Then we're going to jump in the NBA playoffs. As you know, today the seating has been set for the play-in games. That is what we're going to discuss. And then we're going to talk about a little something hot, a little something juicy. We're going to talk about, is there racism in professional sports? And really, all sports on any level. So my main man, Mitch, OBJ, the man known for the fingertip catch. Do you think his signing in the Baltimore Ravens has made any difference or any impact that Lamar will stay? Absolutely, positively, 100% yes. He has an absolute legit number one receiver that can be an elite level receiver he's got a guy that has done it but he's got to be healthy as long as obj stays healthy he's gonna have that elite level receiver i think now because you have him lamar is going to be a lot more likely and he is going to come back because essentially like we had talked about in previous podcasts they have already designed and set up their team around lamar and you bring in an elite level receiver now Lamar I don't know how much money you want but you need to find a number that you really like you need to figure out what your number is what number is it that you need to set yourself up for life and if if you can get that number even if it's not the number you want but you know it's a number that is going to essentially give you and your family generational wealth bro you need to secure the bag and do it I love this signing for Baltimore. Actually, I will say it kind of caught me by surprise. Not the fact that he signed, but when I saw Baltimore, I was like, whoa, because of that whole Lamar Jackson situation. I kind of thought it was going to be more uh, maybe Buffalo, you know, maybe a team like that that was a step away from being able to win a Super Bowl. I thought he would go to a team like that, but I guess – In this situation, I think that I don't think that Odell went with the best team. I think he went with the team that gave him the most money because, from what I can tell, it looks like the contract is for, I believe, $15 million and up to $18 million with the tennis. And so it's like, in my mind, he, he's not worth that, in my mind. I know he's a great elite-level receiver if he's healthy, but coming off the injury, like, you have – to me, you would have to prove it at least for a year for me to think about giving you that much money for a year or multiple-year contract. But I think this is a great thing for Lamar if he chooses to stay, which I think because of them signing OBJ, he does stay. Like I said, Lamar, I don't know how much money you want, but you need to figure out what your number is to set your – family up for generational wealth. And once you can get that, you need to get it because you don't need to worry about setting the next QB up for his contract. All you need to do is worry about you. 
and what your number is. At the end of the day, all those other guys don't matter, just like Patrick did. Patrick said, screw the league. I'm going to sign a 10-year contract worth close to a half a billion dollars. It may not be the best deal for the league, but you want to know what? It's the best deal for me and my family and giving me the opportunity to have success in this league. Lamar, figure out what your number is. Get your number. Secure the bag. You got an elite-level receiver now. Now there's absolutely zero excuses as to why you can't go win playoff game. What you just said, I'm about to spit fire. (laughs) Straight Jay-Z blueprint. (laughs) Because I think the Ravens are a very smart organization, and they just pooled wool over everybody's eyes. And let me break this down. OBJ is a big name that no longer has big game. And there's a reason why they signed him to only one year. What they're trying to do is pull a fast one on everybody and say, look, we were willing to go spin. Now they're going to go to Lamar and say, we want you to take a team-friendly contract because look who we got. OBJ is not an elite receiver anymore. He's not. And let me break down this number of why I always thought OBJ was just a tad bit overrated. Rookie year, he goes for 1,300 yards, but he had 130 targets. In 2015, he goes for 1,400, but he had 158 targets. In 16, he goes for 1,300 on 169 targets. How many elite receivers would have those numbers if they had that many targets? Just think about that, 169 targets. You know how many attempts that is to you a game? That's a lot. Back then, they only played 16 games. That's so over that 10 attempts. Was, that was over 10 attempts a game, bro, that he was getting. Then in 17, he gets hurt, only has 302. Comes back in 18, has 1,000 yards on 124 targets. 2019, he plays with uh, Baker Mayfield, has 1,000 yards on 133 targets, but only had 74 receptions. That is almost less than a 50% target share rate. Then in 2020, he only has 319 yards. And in 2021, he plays for two teams and only has 537 yards. So he's not elite anymore. He's a big name with a big brand. And I think they're crazy that they paid $18 million for him. I don't even care if it's one year. He was not worth $18 million at all. Agreed. But I think they are so smart. What they did now is they look good to the fans and not to come at like anything with you, but look how you started the show big elite receiver. Now there's no excuses. They got everybody hooked because now they want Lamar to come in on a team friendly deal. And if he does bad, they can say, Oh, well we got you a big name, but OBJ is way past his prime. And Lamar Jackson is not that kind of quarterback. That's going to sit back and give him those kind of targets. They have Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a better receiving threat right now than OBJ is. OBJ just has a big name, had one really famous catch that every kid tries to duplicate, and then he had his pregame show where he was catching things with his butt cheeks, and everybody was like, (laughs) look at OBJ, he's so good. I never even thought he was, honestly, from a – High pointing the ball from a route runner, from physicality at at the line. I'm not going to take anything away from I never thought he was horrible, but give me Calvin Johnson. Give me DeAndre Hopkins. Give me Andre Johnson back in the day. Give me those guys. Give me Tyreek Hill. 
Tyreek Hill is better at a little receiver than OBJ was at a little receiver. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, he can't, he can't even stay healthy. OBJ is constantly hurt. The Ravens, in my opinion, I think this does cement, to answer the question, I think it does cement Lamar as he's coming back. But I think it is a brilliant business move from the Baltimore Ravens because they save face to the fans because they were starting to look pretty bad. Yeah. They were like, what are you doing, man? You know, you gave Roquan Smith all this money last year and he didn't have an agent. So what's all these excuses that you have? Now they come out, they get this big name who does not have no big game. That that here's coined on that one sports podcast. <laughs> and they're going to get the fans to think, oh, well, now he's got weapons, but he really doesn't. And if I was Lamar, I would really take a long look at this and say, dude, you got me OBJ. Like, that. that's great, but this isn't like he's in his prime. He's coming off. He had an ACL surgery in college, and now this is his second in the pros. How many people do you know come off three ACLs surgeries and are elite and quick? True, true. But uh, I will say I do agree with after listening to what you were saying. I do agree that essentially the Baltimore Ravens have essentially put him into a corner and has pretty much given yeah. him no choice as to what he should do because if, if he sits out, now he looks completely horrible and like – if he sits if he sits out now, if he does sit out because they've signed OBJ, I think it would be almost near impossible for him to come back the next year and get a contract with anyone because they're going to look at him and be like, they went and got you a receiver, they built the team around you, and you still decided that that, that wasn't good enough. And what if they do this, Mitch? What if? Because remember, he's just a – he is on that type of tag that can be turned into a regular franchise tag, a normal franchise tag, and he can play for $34 million. So what if the Ravens are smart and is like, all right, we gave you one year with one receiver that we think is is good, $18 million, you come play on the franchise tag, and then that gives us a whole reset button. Because if you come out now and you don't put up a good year or you get injured, you have nothing to bring to the table the next year, and we can give you a low ball offer and still get to keep Lamar Jackson, and we just get to say goodbye to OBJ. It's only one year. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. You know how in Vegas they say there's a reason why the casinos are big because they're not losing very often. Players, <laughs> need, players need to remember there's a reason why they're the organization. They're a lot smarter than you because they are a big business. And I really do believe they made this signing to put handcuffs on Lamar and be like, the ball is in your court, your move check. Exactly, man. And I'll tell you what, um, this is exactly why, you know, that saying pride can kill a man. I think, I think Lamar's pride is killing him right now because I honestly think if he would have had an agent, especially a guy like him, he could have any agent he wanted. He could have the best in the league. He would not be in this situation. But his, but his pride, man, I'm telling you, pride can – and right now it's killing his checkbook big time. I'm talking millions upon millions just because he doesn't want an agent. It's him and his mom, which, you know, that is just – I mean – I would never – listen, I love my mom, and I've worked for my mom before, actually. She would never be my agent because I don't like people messing with my bread. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if, if, if I really would have got $150 million guaranteed, like some of those rumors are saying, I, I heard one rumor, it was as high as 175 
that is making paper. And I would have told you, I'd have been like guaranteed. Cause then I'd have just played, act like I was hurt the whole time. You, <laughs> you get 175 million. I'd have sat on the bench and been like, man, life is good. <laughs> I'm telling you like, man. And, and I know that, that we come at it from a d- different perspective because, you know, we're, we're probably, you know, I mean, we're, I mean, especially like you, you're, you, I would say you're probably definitely in the, in the 1% of what you do and I, I'm getting there, but man, like these guys are millionaires, but like you said, they're dealing with billionaires and that is a big difference. There's a big difference between the, the million and billion. And there's a reason why they're billionaires. And, and have you noticed the good organizations, most of them, the, the chiefs are kind of an exception, right? The most organizations that are horribly ran are either billionaires that had no smarts in sports or they inherited it from their family. So they're not very good. Like the toenail fungus guy, uh, Mark Davis. He, he looks like a toenail fungus commercial. The, he does. He looks like the big toe that's in the commercial with that dumb and dumber haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just inherited it. He, he wasn't as good as his dad, you know, and that happens sometimes. Clark Hunt is kind of a rarity. He's won more Super Bowls than his father has. And he's done more, he's done more winning wise than, than Lamar did. Now, Lamar is going to always be this great figure for the Kansas City Chiefs, but Clark Hunt has done a fantastic job, has made his dad proud. But you look at these people that take over, the majority of them are self made or they, were very, very elite and successful in their career. You said it perfect. They're a billionaire. And they didn't become a billionaire because they're stupid with money. Right. So if, if you think your mother and you are going to get over on a business, good luck. And, and Lamar and Mama Jackson, if you guys do it, that's great. But I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going to work out for you. Outcast is going to start singing. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh. Yo, <laughs> your son didn't get the money, baby. Like, I I really do think you're right. The pride has kind of set in on this situation. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with OBJ. Um, but, hey, man, that that's what makes us have podcasts. That's what makes us watch these sports because they're interesting. Oh, 100%. I was just about to say, uh, when uh, when this news broke about two hours ago, I was like, yes. We can go ahead and just add this to the podcast, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sorry, right, we're switching gears. Uh, we can go to it's about that time in the NBA playoffs. Okay, we got two playing games on Tuesday, two playing games on Wednesday. So, Christopher, who do you think is going to be winning these playing games? You know, about two weeks ago, we talked about how the Final Four was a great spectacle for sports, and not just the Final Four, but March Madness a- as a whole. And I'll be honest with you, my wife and I, we absolutely love the NBA playoffs. It is probably the sport that we jive the most in. She's not a huge football fan, believe it or not. She likes watching games. She'll watch the big ones. She watches the Super Bowl. She's a Patriots fan. Um, I know, it's bad. <laughs> But basketball, when the playoffs start, we watch every single game. We love the playoffs because they just start to play a little harder. You can tell there's more intense defense. It looks starting to look like real basketball where people pass the ball and it's not just ISOs. And that's why James Harden's always struggled in the playoffs. But I digress. I do believe on Tuesday that the Hawks are going to upset the Heat. And I believe that the Lakers will beat the Timberwolves. 
two reasons why, and I'm going to talk about the West because they just have the bigger star, which is LeBron James. I think the Lakers are, they're going to be at home. They are the better team record-wise. I just think LeBron in the playoffs, he's going to bring an experience that the Timberwolves don't have. And I also think Lakers are going to give the Memphis Grizzlies problems. Now, I do have the Grizzlies winning just because of their their youth, but I do believe that they will lose in six. So I've got the Lakers winning Tuesday, and then I've got the Lakers losing in the first round to the Memphis Grizzlies um, in six. Anthony Davis has a hard time with true centers. So he plays Cat pretty well because Cat's not a traditional center. But Jaron Jackson, you know, he's not a traditional center either, but he can match him with athletics um, ability. And then they don't have anybody that can stay in front of John Morant. Like, yeah, LeBron James (laughs) might be able to go off too, and he probably will. He's that elite of a talent. But no one's going to stay in front of Ja. And they're young and they're hungry. And honestly, I think it's a bad matchup for um, the Lakers. And I do think they'll get to game six just because of LeBron James. Yeah. But that's what I pick. And in the East – I've got the Hawks winning and becoming the seventh seed, and that means they would go and play the Boston Celtics, and I think Boston's going to sweep the Hawks. Nice. Man, I tell you what, uh, in this situation, you know what they say, great minds think alike. Uh, I also have the Lakers over the Timberwolves in the West. I think it's, you know, I think they're the better team, and I think that LeBron has a switch he can flip that he's done for the last – 20 years, like you said, NBA playoffs is different than normal regular season. Um, me personally, I know that you are a lot bigger into the NBA than I am. Like, I, like I'll like i keep up with it, but I really don't start watching NBA games until the playoffs. And it goes back to, to kind of what you said earlier. That's when they really start playing. You know, mm-hmm. so, so, some of the season, you can tell guys are coasting, guys are in autopilot, but come NBA playoff time, they know it's winner go home. And obviously, those guys are alpha males. They want to win a championship, so they're putting it all all on the line. And like I said, I think Lakers over Timberwolves because LeBron's going to be the best player on the court. Um, Anthony Davis is going to be possibly the second best player on the court. I really really like Edwards a lot. I think he's an absolute stud, but I I don't think that they're going to have enough firepower to to overtake. They just don't have the cojones yet. You know, they just don't have that playoff metal that LeBron's going to have. LeBron's right. got one game and he's going to come out and show out. Anthony Davis may falter, he might. But LeBron alone can get past the Timberwolves. But that's why Absolutely. I don't pick the Lakers against right. Memphis because Memphis is a better team. Yeah, and 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 I also uh, we agree on that as well. I think that the the Memphis Grizzlies uh beat the Lakers. Um I think they're better, they're younger. I essentially think they're just going to run up and down on the Lakers. And there's nothing that LA is going to be able to do about it. Like you said, LeBron's good enough to where he can put them on his back and win a game or two by, by himself just because he is that great. But, Absolutely. But the Grizzlies, they just have too much. And like you said, Jaw's going to be able to score at will because I don't think they have any anyone on the Lakers that can, that can guard him. <clears throat> yeah, and, and honestly, Wednesday's games are the ones that I think from the West are going to have some really juicy outcomes. And let me explain. 
So Wednesday's games are determining the eighth seed, right? So the Tuesday's games determine the seventh seed. Wednesday's games determine the eighth seed. You got the Bulls and the Raptors. Any one of those teams that win are going to get absolutely clapped by Milwaukee. I mean, (laughs) just clapped. But the West is really interesting to me because if the Thunder beat the Pelicans, Thunder will get swept by Denver. But if the Pelicans beat the Thunder and they have to go play Denver, who is not a team that has really good success in the playoffs, and you got B.I. Brandon Ingram, you got Josh Hart, you got Zion Williams possibly coming back. He's not going to play in in the play-in, but he could come back. The Pelicans have the talent to give Denver all they could handle. And I'm not just saying that as a Pelican fan. So just so people know, Pelicans are the original Charlotte Hornets. Right. When I was growing up, Charlotte Hornets were my favorite team with Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson, <laughs> Muggsy Bogues, Alonzo Mourning. They were my dudes. I loved the Charlotte. I loved their court with the little Buzzy B coming off the uh, – and, and when you played like NBA Live 98 – that's the court you wanted to play on. Got the little honeycombs going on. Right, right. And I'm telling you. And then they ended up getting Baron Davis. Yeah. And then the New Orleans Pelicans, I just stayed liking them because of Chris Paul. Then we drafted Anthony Davis. If you look at who the Pelicans have had in their organization, it kind of reminds you of the Royals. Like they let some really good people go. Could you imagine the Pelicans if they would have kept Chris Paul – Anthony, Anthony Davis, they have Zion. You know, if they had kept these great players, what they would look like. But they have built a great team. And they are 42, I believe, 42 and 40. Yep. And they're the nine seed right now. Well, the nine and 10. If they get the eight seed, I'm not going to call it yet. We'll wait till next week to actually pick other than the Lakers and Memphis, who we've kind of talked about. We'll pick the first round officially. But I'm going to put him on upset alert. If the Pelicans win on Wednesday, you watch. Wow. I I might pick the eight-seeded Pelicans to upset the one-seed Denver. And I get they're great. But Denver has not shown me anything in the playoffs. And New Orleans is just young enough to be dumb. Do you know what I mean? I was just about to say. They don't know what they're in. So they're not going to play with anything. No one expected them to be there. They're playing the one-seed. Who cares if you lose? Right. And Brandon Ingram is the truth. He's nasty. He is the truth. And I know people don't watch him, and, and I do because I'm a fan of the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram is an absolute stud. Brandon Ingram, like you said, he is that dude. He is him. Man, I tell you what, I think that the Pelicans win that game as well. I love the their athleticism their youth but like you said i agree with you i think they're just so unaware of the moment they're just gonna be they're just gonna be out there playing ball to play ball like absolutely like they're, like, they're not gonna take themselves too seriously like, and they're just gonna be like yo if we win great if not it, it is what it is so i do like that i do like that upset alert uh what do you think about the uh the bulls raptors game in the east you know that's one of those that i don't really care about <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to tell me but it's like like I said, any one of those that win that are going to be put into Milwaukee, the AC, they're yeah. just going to get absolutely clapped by Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee, gosh. Woo, them boys. 
Milwaukee and Boston in the East are just different. Like the East yeah. from one really to honestly through three, even Philly, like top to bottom. I'm not going to call it yet, like I said, but if you were to hold my feet to the fire right now and, and say who do you think is going to win the championship, I would say somebody out of the East. I just think this year the East was a lot stronger. It had Not stronger, but had definitive powerhouses. Like okay. you watch Boston and you're like, wow. And their championship, not they've won, but they're like, they've been there. The moment's not going to be big for them. Milwaukee's won it. Really, honestly, out of the West, and we'll talk about this more than next week, like we mentioned, but I would not be shocked if Golden State gets Andrew Wiggins back and they go on a run. And I'll give it to you. You called that out a, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the All-Star break or we were talking oh. about wh- where we thought was going to get seeded. But, like, you look at Denver, no no really experience. You look at Memphis, all the talent in the world, but they would rather be out there slinging guns and going to strip clubs. <laughs> and then you got Sacramento that, you know, doesn't know an areola from a teat. And it's like, right. you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they don't know nothing. And then Phoenix is scary because they have Durant, but they've got no bench. They've got no bench. Hold, hold on, hold on, real quick though. Hold on, real quick though. So you, you said they have no bench, but is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant enough though? I I don't know because I think in the playoffs you have off nights and everyone's scoring dips down a little bit. And if they're able to put Devin Booker to twenty four points and Kevin Durant to twenty six, and Chris Paul doesn't put up points anymore like you used to, you know, they lost Mikael Bridges, who was a great two-way player for them because that was part of the trade. And then you look at, you know, Golden State, and they've got, with Andrew Wiggins, that's the only piece that they were missing. Bro. And the other team that's scary is the Clippers. Yeah. If Kawhi can play like Kawhi and PG-13 can play like PG-13 of old, they're deep. Have you watched the Clippers play? Like, they've got people coming off the bench that you're like, he used to be a starter somewhere. Like, they are deep, bro. They're deep. And I think the West is going to be absolutely bananas and wild. It's going to be and mayhem. I, and I think the East is going to be a little bit more traditional. We're going to see Milwaukee, Boston in the top. I think the Lakers are going to lose to Memphis. I already called that. I, yeah. I think they're going to win and lose to Memphis. I think if the Pelicans win, they very well could give Denver all they could there but the east i think is pretty standard whoever makes the seven and eight seed is going to lose in the first round boston's not going to get upset and either is milwaukee right and Agreed. if it does happen then everyone just needs to go to church because it's just the end of days <laughs> it's just yeah. the end of days man. Hey, hey, hey before we jump on to our last topic how disappointing was dallas oh man dude you get Kyrie and luca and and we, we talked about this, and I I said this. I didn't know if it would work together, but man, that to not even make the play in that's Bro. pretty disappointing. Yeah, that's really disappointing. So like, my thing is, is like we all know anyone that has played basketball at least for an extended amount of time and on a competitive team or for a high school team, like there's a reason like why you have like a preseason you have weeks before you start games because you have to build that chemistry and something that something that you brought up is you said you love the signing but are they going to be able to figure it out fast enough and unfortunately 
they were not. So it'll be really interesting to see if Kyrie comes back to Dallas because then I think if they have the offseason to to build that chemistry and to truly like know each other in and out, if that happens, that team could be absolutely deadly because you essentially have two elite-level scorers on your squad. Luka needs a spot-up shooter. Like, Kyrie is great, but they're they're basically the same player. Luka's just a slower, bigger version. And and I don't mean slower like to make fun of his athleticism. I'm saying that Luka doesn't like to push the pace. Right. Luka likes to slow the game down. He'll half kill him in the half-court set. Yeah, he's great at it, right? He's mm-hmm. got – He's got that step back. He likes to play old man basketball, right? Get you in, in the paint, give you a little doopsy <laughs> doo, and then you can't believe that he made it because his feet only got two inches off the ground. That's the way that he plays. Kyrie is straight Rucker Park. There's a reason why they call him Uncle Drew. He is a very polished skip to my Lou. He's a, he's a street baller that just is, has filthy handles, but he was never going to fit with there. And I would be shocked – if Dallas keeps him, I think they could sign and trade him. They need to get Luca spot up shooters. They need to get him people who are snipers from the outside that when he penetrates, kick him out almost like a LeBron. Every right. year LeBron has won it. He's had three point shooters around him. Right. Because and- LeBron can get to where he wants. And now he's just got to, and, and he's a great passer. So he's got to pass it out to everybody so they can shoot. That's what Luca needs. Exactly. And that's why um, this was several weeks ago. Um, LeBron was asked, I believe, uh, on the shop, they asked him if there was one player that you wish you could play with, who would it be? And he said, Steph Curry. And that's exactly to your point because he knows if he got Steph on his team, he's absolutely deadly from three. And he knows all he's got to do is pinch right and he's kicking and it's, it's money bags. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like you said, if they can get him a couple snipers to add to his half court game, which is, you know, arguably, you know, one of the best in the game. In the half court, he's just so good. Like you said, he plays old man basketball, but that dude is absolutely just nasty. So, yeah. Um, and like and I, Luca's, Luca's going to have to make a decision, Mitch, on whether or not he wants to have stats or he wants to win. Because you look how he kind of pouts. It's one thing I don't like about Luca. He's still young. He's only like 23 years old, man. That's insane, bro. That's insane. He's 23 years old. It's like nuts. Like he's two years older than your son, Mitch. Like that's think crazy. About that. He's two years older than your son, and he's out there dropping 50 burgers on grown men in the NBA. Like it, it, it blows your mind when you realize how young he is, but he's got some growing up to do. He's got to get better on the defensive end. He's got to be more of a, of a team leader because he's not. He's not. He's not that right. player that's going to just say, I'm going to will you guys to win. He had that great run last year when he went to the conference finals. I just hope he doesn't end up like Carmelo, where Carmelo was a great offensive talent, got his team to the Western Conference Finals a couple times. Actually, I think one Western Conference Finals, and I think he got the Knicks to an Eastern Conference Finals. Either way, I don't want Luka to end up like that, and he needs to take a page out of some of these great athletes that realized, I may have to not score 33 anymore, and go to 29 or 28 a game and get another great Robin next to me that's a defender and a wing defender. And I think then you're going to see the Mavericks take off. But hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. But just to just your point, like he's essentially going to have to do what Michael Jordan decided to do is 
he can only get so far than he under then he came to the realization that I know that I'm elite, but I have to start making the guys around me better. And then once he started doing that, that's when they took that next step to start to win championships. Absolutely. All right, last topic of the night. And we always like to either start our show with a controversial topic. <laughs> and and I wouldn't say this is really co- controversial. This is more of an interest topic. We have watched a lot of sports, a lot, yep. right? Yeah. Together, and not that we're some fifty-five-year-old men that have you know seen every game and talk about the old days, but we'll get there someday. <laughs> so, the someday. Topic that I want to mm-hmm. bring up tonight is: Do you think that there is racism in sports? Well, and let's kind of dive into this. So, do you think in all sports there is racism? You know, this is something that, you know, we've talked about on multiple occasions because for our listeners who don't know, because obviously we're just audio right now, which we are definitely working on becoming visual. So Christopher is white and I am brown. And so. Hey, hey, um, hold on now. I got my 23 and me and I'm 0.02% Cameroon. So put some respect on my blackness. All right. <laughs> Dang, man. Come on. <laughs> so. So, so, so with me and Christopher, like I said, me and Christopher go back. We've been best friends since high school. And so since, you know, I'm of color and he's white, these are conversations that I feel lucky enough that we can have, we can have and no one gets in their feelings. We can say what we want to say. And so it basically, it is what it is. So I think that obviously depending on the sport right but i think with um when it comes to particularly uh football and this is something that that we've talked about i don't think that especially when it comes to players i don't think that there's racism but i do think that there's prejudice and what i mean by that is you know for, for the longest time you know football has been played a certain way so they wanted certain positions to check certain boxes, right? So if you were a quarterback, you needed to be tall guy, big arm, stand in the pocket, make all the throws, make those plays. Well, the quarterback position has been evolving, okay? And so you take guys like Randall Cunningham, okay? You take guys even farther back like Fran Fran Tarkenton, you know that who, who really revolutionized the, exactly who who and he was white he was well yeah he was white and he was he was the guy who essentially they invented the word scrambling quarterback because that's what he did a play would break down he would scramble he would run around long enough to to where his guys get open and he would make a play so at the quarterback position it has been evolving and I think that for the longest time. GMs and owners have wanted their quarterback to check certain boxes and it didn't matter how good they were. If they did not check those certain boxes, they were not going to give them the time of day. Okay. So you, so you had a guy like a guy we've talked about on the show, you had a guy like Michael Vick, even though he was highly drafted, you know, but a lot teams, a lot of teams didn't like him because he wasn't the typical box you would check for a quarterback. He Absolutely. Was, he was a person of color. He was a guy that really just ran. People felt he was more effective with his legs and his arm. And as a quarterback, you have to be more effective with your arm, right? And so you have guys who were 
athletically superior to other quarterbacks, and you could argue that were better than other quarterbacks, but because they didn't check certain boxes, they were like, no, this guy is not it. We're going to go with this guy who's not, a, who's not as athletic, that can throw the ball a little bit better and whatnot. And so I think that there's not racism, but I think there has been prejudice. And when it comes to the NFL, I say with coaching, I think that's something that has, and me and Laura have talked about this, and I think, and I'm not just saying just because he was coming from the Chiefs, but Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for five seasons, two Super Bowls, five AFC AFC Championship games. Andy's read two previous OCs, Matt Nagy, who's back with the team now, and Doug Peterson. Those guys had absolutely no problem finding jobs. Okay, so. And neither of those guys won Super Bowls, okay, as OCs. So I don't, I'm not going to say that there's racism, but I want to know what is Eric Bini, what is he doing in these interviews process that so many teams have passed on him? Is he a bad interviewer? Like, like, like what could it possibly be? Because I feel like almost any other offensive coordinator with that type of resume is almost like a no brain hire. So um, I really would love to get into the be a fly in the wall on one of those meetings because with guys that have been hired over him, guys that haven't even coached in the field, you have um, organizations that have hired college coaches over Eric Bieniemy, And so um, I will say that's frustrating because of his resume. And like I said, Andy Reid's previous offensive coordinators, even going back before that, any – Offensive coordinator coming from Andy Reid's teams are great offensive coordinators, and they've never had an issue finding a job in, in the NFL, period. Yeah, so I've got quite a bit to unravel here because the question has its frame that we have it on tonight is, is there racism in sports? And to answer the question plainly, I would say now I see remnants of racism because we all know Racism absolutely did exist in sports. I mean, you're talking the reason why Jackie Robinson had to break a color barrier because you literally could not play a game because of the way you looked. Right, right, absolutely. Not not prototypical. No, you just flat out, if you were black, you could not play in this game. Warren Moon suffered racism. No, you're not playing quarterback. Not because the way you throw, it's literally the way you look. You're not playing because you're black. Yeah, I, and and he had to go to the CFL and play the CFL multiple, and play exactly. mul- and play multiple seasons to prove to the NFL that he could play quarterback. And then after that, then he and then they saw how good he was. Then they brought him back to the NFL. Exactly. So is it as prevalent as it was? Probably not. Is there a lot of remnant still left? Yes, because people don't realize. Just like in life, we're not that far. From segregation. Some of these owners that are owning teams lived during that time. They literally lived during when it was uh, segregated. And then they were a part of things when it got integrated. So we have this weird belief that racism or slavery or whatever just was so long ago. And it really wasn't. 
So it gave people enough time to now, I think it's turned from, it's not so much racism, it's now turned into prejudices. And really, prejudices are just dangerous preferences. I once had a guy tell me that, that preferences become dangerous because they become prejudices, right? Like, you got to be careful to when you say things like, this is just my preference. Well, explain why it's your preference. Because if the only reason you can come up with is that they don't look like you, I don't think that's prejudice, bruh. That's called racism. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like y- you need to figure out why. And that's why I've always tried to make it a point. Like if I don't like Lamar Jackson or I don't like somebody, it's I'm going to explain why I don't, right? I'm going to explain why, hey, I, I don't think he throws a football great. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's black. It's the fact that I don't like it. bro. And it's funny yeah. how our preferences get distorted. Because it can go opposite. Think of it like this. What is the one funny line every caster says when a white guy is athletic? (laughs) No, I'm I'm not kidding you. They're always like, and he's got sneaky athleticism. It's like, (laughs) so why has he got to be sneaky? Because he's white? It's like, why, why can't he just be an athlete? Let me tell you something. Christian McCaffrey is not sneaky athletic. Christian McCaffrey is just athletic. Yeah, he's just it, athletic, and it's the same thing that when you have a white defensive end that's has elite level athleticism, but they don't talk about that. They say, "Man, he is a high motor guy." Oh yeah, they're like, "Oh man, high motor guy," and then they'll take a black dude, be like, "He's that dog, man." I'll tell you what, he's six foot five and he can run a four six, and you're like, "Yeah, but the dude that's Caucasian ran a four four. Like, so <laughs> right, he's athletic." But it's just what we've been conditioned to do. And what happens when we get conditioned like that is sadly we see someone like a Cam Newton and we hear that he runs a 4-4 and instantly you think a quarterback doesn't run. So why doesn't he go play tight end? He's big. Why doesn't he go run around? Why do, why do we do that when he can play the quarterback position? Same with Lamar. Same with Michael Vick. Lamar was getting talked into playing running back and receiver at the combine. They didn't want him to play quarterback. Now, again, I have my own personal belief. I don't think Lamar is that great of, of a quarterback. I don't think he throws outside the numbers very well. No, bro, he doesn't. He's horrible outside the numbers. Yeah. 100% agreed. If someone tells you that he's not good enough to play quarterback in the NFL, don't even listen to him because he is good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. He is good. He's great. Now, does he throw as good as some of the other players? I don't think so. But that's my personal belief. And if anyone says that he can't play quarterback like you said, they're an idiot. Because I don't know, he, you know, just a few years ago won the MVP and it was absolutely unanimous. Yeah. Now, Lamar is not my, he's not my guy. And, and I'm going to bring up something controversial here about Mahomes. People always want to go to Mahomes and be like, well, he's black and he doesn't get that criticism. Let's be truthful here. Mahomes has played the political game well. Oh, yeah. He is, he is, not, he is not stupid. The, the purest of the game or what you could say by what we talked about, those dangerous preferences, he is just enough unique to be cool but he's also really reined in to get the conservatives to buy in. Lamar Jackson's not. 
Lamar Jackson wears the goofy sunglasses. Lamar Jackson has braids. Lamar Jackson gets up to the mic and he doesn't talk that well. You know, Lamar Jackson doesn't speak that well. I don't think he has the presence of a leader when he speaks, but Mahomes can play both sides. He had two parents around, and and I don't know anything about Lamar Jackson's upbringing, so I'm not talking about that. But he had two parents around. He had a dad that was a professional athlete. His mom was around. He was raised in Texas. He probably has, I'm going to guess, pretty conservative views. He always is clean-shaven. He speaks very well. He's good with the kids. He says the right things. We are bad at the way somebody talks, right? Jerry Jones, when he speaks, what's the first thing that comes in your mind? And be honest, when you hear his accent, what's the very first thing that you think of Jerry Jones? Cowboy. He's a country bunkin. Yeah. Talk absolutely. about now. Now I'll tell you what, them cowboys, like that, everyone's <laughs> like, good gosh, man. He sounds, and like it or not, it's the truth. When Lamar Jackson talks, he sounds like an uneducated black man from the South. And whether it's truthful or not, people start to shut him off like that. But Mahomes sounds different. And I do believe that people don't like the image that Lamar carries. I do believe they don't like the image that the LSU girl carried over Caitlin. Poor little white girl that did the John Cena, and it was okay when she did it, but LSU does it. Oh, no, those are ghetto black girls. They're rough. They can't do it like that. Mitch, you and I talked about this on the phone last week when Tom Brady gets up in someone's face oh, yeah. and screams and shouts or doesn't shake a person's hand. And I love me some Tom Brady. People talk about how they love the competitive fire. And I wouldn't want to go shake someone's hand either if I lost. Cam Newton doesn't do it. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a selfish SOB. Right. Right there, that's a double standard. And you can't tell me that there's actually a difference. The only difference is one is a black guy and one is a white guy. And I think they cloak it with prejudices. That's what they're doing. They take these dangerous preferences and they say, well, this is just what I like. But why do you just like that? Why do you stand up for Brady and then you don't stand up for Cam Newton? When it's literally the exact same thing. The exact same thing. I mean, it's just, or like Cooper Cup. How come guys just can't say Cooper Cup was the best receiver last year? They, they literally, it, it's like they're going to puke if, if they say it. They're like, well, you're like, well, he did oh. lead the league in, 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 in yards. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, and then you're like, ah, he also did have the best win rate on his routes in man-to-man coverage. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, he is sneaky athletic, but, uh, you know, it's yeah. like, dude, dude, Cooper Cup was the best wide receiver statistically in the NFL. Dude, Cooper Cup is an absolute ago. dog. I he's, mean, he's a dog, man. I don't care. White, black, yellow, purple, brown. That man is an absolute dog. Give that man his flowers. And I think the thing is, is, I think what it comes down to is I think that maybe when you have a guy like Cooper Cup who was white, I just think that a lot of people have a hard time giving credit to a white man in a sport that is dominated by black men. Oh, 100%. It's difficult to come out, especially not just a sport, the position. Exactly. Is dominant. Now, in me and your day and age, there's been really, really solid 
white receivers that have come out. Like white, I mean, New England basically employed them all. But <laughs> I mean, you had Julian Edelman, you had Wes Welker, you had Cooper yep. Cup, you had some guys. I mean, look at little Cole Beasley that definitely made right. um, a career in the NFL. When you are white, you gots to be tight. I mean, that, be. that is a saying. And and let me tell you something. When I used to play football outside of high school, I, I played in some competitive flag football. No, it's not tackle, but believe me, when you're that old, you're not going to put on pads because you, you got to go to work on Monday. So <laughs> we, we played in a really competitive flag football league. And I will tell you, we played in a league with that was predominantly black. And I was pretty good at football. Um, I would go out there and I would love it. Because when a when they came out to guard me at wide receiver, they gave me no respect because I'm the wrong skin tone. It was like I'm not going to give him any respect. Now I run my mouth. I am. <laughs> oh yeah, boy, you you are any chance? Yeah, any chance I can trash talk, I'm going to trash talk. And I'd look right at him the very first play. I'd be like, "Are you going to give me that much space?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, well, it's, it's about to be a long day, and you're going to ask me to be on your fantasy team after today." <laughs> Because I'm putting up some stats. <laughs> and after I was done, then you gain the respect. But it goes both ways. It's what they see, right? It's what they that they hear. When you're growing up, you don't see a lot of that. You don't you don't right. see a lot of white guys that can play. Now, I was never tight. I was just always all right. Because <laughs> I never went real far, right? But um but but even going back to the pre- prejudices, if you think about it, when you're talking about the flag football, what was your nickname though? What did they call you? Oh, baby Grunk. Why? Oh well, they they sure wasn't gonna call me no Megatron. They'd be like, Nah, he's he, he ain't Megatron. He's gotta be somebody that's white. So they exactly. would be like Baby Gronk or Lil Kelsey or something like that. That's what they always called me because they they wouldn't have given me any any other name, but we're like that too. RG three one time said something perfect. He's like, I'm coming in the NFL to catch Brady. Don't, don't compare me. And I'm not trying to be weird. Don't compare me just to a black quarterback. Cause I'm black. Trust me. When Lamar Jackson came in, he's trying to catch Brady too. When, when Anthony Richardson comes in, he's trying to catch Brady too. Cause if you're not, and you're just trying to catch someone that looks like you, then you already have a loser's mentality. Hundred percent agree, hundred percent agree. So I agree with you. I'm. I definitely still think there's remnants and traces, and we've been probably saying prejudices, and it's probably pronounced prejudices. Who cares? <laughs> hey. We ain't all about that grammar here on that one sports podcast. Hey. We just about bringing you content, baby. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's that one sports podcast. We can talk however we want to talk because it's that one sports podcast, man. And yeah, and, yep. and yeah, and and I'll, I'll wrap this up and. And say that, man, um, I think we're getting better each day, but I also think that we have come a long ways, you know. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We've come leaps and bounds from where we used to be. And I'm so unbelievably thankful for that because honestly, if we haven't, like, we wouldn't be friends. You know, the the NFL and NBA wouldn't be like 80% black. I mean, we've come an absolute long ways. Well, well also for the viewers that don't know, again, you talked about what our races are. Uh, we're also an interracial <laughs> marriages. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife is, is black and Mitch's wife is Caucasian. And 
we have come a long way. And even though it, it's funny and we say funny things, like I make jokes all the time that like, man, I bet Martin Luther King's up there smiling, baby, every time we kiss. Like just, j- just joking around. But I will tell you a story really fast, and, it, and it's a quick one. My son was learning about Martin Luther King, and you just heard what I said. I'm Caucasian, and my wife is black. And they were talking about the like civil rights movement, and it was really cool. He actually stood up. The teacher wrote us an email, and they asked him what he was grateful for during this time. And they asked everybody. They didn't just single him out because that would have been weird. Hey, black <laughs> kid in the back, uh, why do you like this month? He said – You know, he looked at his teacher and goes, without Martin Luther King and without this time, and I think he was talking about the civil rights movement, he's like, my daddy couldn't have married my mommy. And it made the teacher think like, wow, you know, here's this kid that sees it every day and is like, I couldn't even have my two parents be married if we haven't made strides. So I agree with you. Tonight wasn't about, hey, let's, let's talk everything that's bad. I think we've come a long way. I just still think that if people think it's completely gone, they're crazy because we're not that far removed. It doesn't just switch over that quick. So I definitely do believe there are still remnants that are sprinkled all throughout sports. And we didn't even talk about some of the other sports that that have examples of baseball and basketball and football. I mean, all of them. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, and and I'll tell you this. uh, My wife, who I love dearly, she she cracks me up. Because uh, one of the things uh, uh, we were talking about, because my wife is a huge lover of Tupac, Biggie, late 80s, early 90s rap. Who and isn't? So, exactly. And so, you know, and I, I just remember um, a long time ago, we were, uh, um, I can't remember what we were doing. And she was just going in like on a Tupac song because Tupac is her favorite rapper hands down 100% and I and like she was spitting the song I, I want to say it was it was Tupac Dear Mom because that's her favorite song by Tupac and I was like I was like dang girl I didn't know you had that uh you, I didn't know you had that much black in you and she's like what you talking about I'm with you I got black in me all the time I said girl <laughs> I said girl you crazy <laughs> but yeah it's uh she is She's an absolute hoot. And I mean, it just, I mean, as simply as your son said, like, it's so great that we've come this far because if not, we wouldn't be able to be, we wouldn't be able to be with who we are with. So super thankful for that. Man, guys, 12 episodes in, this has been fun. Again, we want to say, say thank you so much to those who have subscribed and are listening we appreciate you fam we love you please continue to listen spread the word tell your friends share us on social media and please 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 be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about all right fam until next week peace